Welcome to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon, where our mission is bringing the good news and demonstrating the kingdom. Join us live for Worship in the Word, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We hope you are encouraged and equipped by this week's word with our senior pastor, Emily Tadro. Good morning. While the kids are getting signed in, um, I just don't want to not pray for Israel. So, so let's let's pray um, together. I just was feeling Psalm sixty or Psalms. I'm sorry, Isaiah sixty, and I'm not going to read through the whole thing. But you know, we love to say, "Arise and shine, for your light has come." But it's actually a declaration over Israel and over Jerusalem. And um, there is no replacement theology. We all, we all get to be a part, but they aren't getting the boot. They are the apple of God's eye. And so, arise, Jerusalem, and let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine upon you. And right now, Lord, we just come together as your people, as your beloved who know that you have good things in store for Israel. Lord, you have good things in store for those people in Palestine that are innocent. Lord, you have a heart for those who are in oppression right now. And Lord, we just declare that your light is rising. Your light is shining upon that nation, God. And even as darkness would try to cover this nation. Lord, we just declare that your light is coming and that nations will come to the brightness of this light. God, we just declare, even as um, it says, look and see, everyone's coming home. We say, would it be even today that, Lord, hostages are released and coming home? God, we, we just cry out for the people of Israel. We say, God, This is towards the end of it. Would you have mercy on them through your grace that their gates would stay open day and night to receive the wealth of many lands and those that refuse to serve you would be destroyed. The the glory of Lebanon would be theirs. That the temple will be glorious. Lord, we thank you that though Israel was once despised and hated, You will make it beautiful forever and a joy to all generations. And you will satisfy their every need. And you will, they will know at last, God, we declare this most of all, that the children of Israel, that the people of the homeland, Lord, the Jewish people would come to know at last that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. We just declare salvation for every person in that land. God, spiritual salvation, physical salvation, deliverance, and freedom. And we just declare, Lord, again, as your word says, that you will make peace their leader and righteousness their ruler, that violence will disappear from their land, and desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround the city like city walls, and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and God will be your glory, and the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning will come to an end. It just keeps going on. Really good things. But Lord, we declare Isaiah 60 over this nation, your beloved, and we ask God for peace in that land. Just no more loss of innocent life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's important that we continue to pray. Well, good morning. Good morning, friends. How you doing? Great, awesome, good. Eh. (laughs) So-so. I like honesty. It's good. There's a lot going on right now. But you know what? We are in the middle of God's hand, and that is the best place to be. And that is not a cliche, Christianese thing to say. It's just the truth. 
It can all be raging and flying around you, and you can be at perfect peace. What Julie said this morning is true. We have peace, not that the world knows, not that they've ever seen before. It is not a medication. It's not a gummy that you can take. It's not something that you can smoke. It is the Prince of Peace. And he really will come into the midst of your anxiety and bring freedom. And I'm so thankful for that because there has been so much swirling around. But we get to be the people of peace and bring a different atmosphere wherever we go. And I want to talk about that today. Not just bringing peace, but bringing the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go. Because this is who we are. And you're like, We've, we talk about this all the time. I know. Because this is who we are. And we just need to constantly keep it ever before us. We are a people who carry open heavens. We are a people who change atmospheres. We are a people who have partnered with the prayer of Jesus. Your kingdom come your will be done. You know the next part? On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And he breathed his breath upon us. He blew his spirit into us. He filled us. And we are now full of him. And we are the ones to carry it out. We got to keep the mission ever before us. I don't think in the military that they just tell them one time, this is our mission, guys. I hope you remember. I hope you remember the coordinates. I hope you remember how to use that gun. I hope you have it figured out. We're going to drop you in, and we'll see how smart you are, how good you are at memory retention. No, they are constantly ever before them. This is the mission. This is who we are. This is what we're fighting for. This is how to use the weapons that we have been given. This is what we're doing. And we're not trying to necessarily be militant in our mindset. So if you're worried that I'm trying to start a cult or something and hand out rifles at the end of the service, that's not what's going to happen. But the truth of the matter is, is we are in a clash of kingdoms. And we need to be alert to the times and the seasons that we're in, but also to the mission that was left in our hands. We are not just a, a people who are waiting for the rapture. I just want to say that again. When the end is drawing near and you see all these things that are playing out in Revelations, this is not the time to be like, thank God he's coming. I'm going to rack up all my credit cards because the rapture's nigh. <laughs> this is not the time to stop thinking about having families. And planning for your future. This is not the time to start burying our heads in the sand or like, you know, creating bunkers. Last time I spoke, I said we got to give up our obsession with safety and comfort. I'm back beating that drum again. We have to give up those obsessions. We were never called to safety or comfort. We were called to a mission. And it looks like bringing heaven to earth. And we're full of heaven. We should be full of heaven because we are full of Jesus, full of his spirit. We have everything that we need. We have access to it all. And the only way that we don't have it is if we don't access it. I love Bill Johnson says this, we fail to write the checks on the account that God has already given us full access to. If you knew you had a gajillion dollars, you would spend that money. How many of you daydream about winning the lottery and what you'd do? Yeah. Okay. A lot more of you. Nothing wrong with it. Let's dream. What kind of checks would you write in the kingdom if you knew you had unlimited access? What kind of prayers would you pray if you really believed that you had unlimited access to all of the riches of the kingdom. Healing, deliverance, all of it, abundance. 
freedom from depression, freedom from oppression, freedom from crazy thinking. We'd go after that, wouldn't we? So the thing is, is we actually, we must not believe it or we forget. So I'm going to be that annoying person that every time I see you, this is who we are. This is what we can do. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not a, you know, like, I'm just telling us the truth. Let's go. Why else would we come and gather? This is an encouraging word, okay? And I can give you an encouraging word that will make you feel good about, like, what's happening on the earth and how kind God is and all of that. But actually, I think this is what we've actually been waiting for our whole lives, is to be activated and mobilized and doing this stuff. Like, don't you want your life to just have major impact? I do. And I am highly wired just on the inside. It's the way God made me. I recognize that I'm a little bit more intense this way. I really want to achieve a lot of things in my life. And not everybody feels that way. But I'm here to just let's go. Let's, let's achieve all the things, not in striving, not in works or performance, but because this is who we are. This is how God made us. Okay, so enough of that. Kind of enough of that. But we are a people on mission, and it's not a mission that we thought up on our own. It's a mission that Jesus gave to us. It's his mission. It's his. And it's to bring the kingdom realm. Not just when we gather in here and we feel his presence. We're bringing the kingdom realm in here. We are going to believe today that you're not going to leave here today with sickness in your body. I believe that you're not going to leave here today the same way you came in. Because that's the expectation when we come in this place. But you know what? It's not just when we come in this place. How many of you have a job? Raise your hand. Some of you are retired. But how many of you go into the public on a daily basis? Pretty much everybody, unless you're having a day at home, right? Guess what? We take the kingdom Rome. I know you know this. I don't care. I'm going to say it some more. We take the kingdom Rome. And how many of you get super frustrated when you go to customer service places? Take the kingdom realm with you. It's not about making them better at customer service. It's about actually releasing the fruits of the spirit, the righteousness, the peace, the joy, the hope, the generosity of heaven. Who cares if they don't figure it out and get their customer service straightened out? That's not actually what heaven's all about. That is an earthly realm. But we bring a kingdom realm, heaven's realm, and it's all of the good stuff of heaven. We worry way too much. I worry way too much about this realm. Does anyone relate to that? The things that get us the most cheesed off are the earthly realm. No one's ever heard cheesed off before? Really? Huh. It must be because my parents are from Iowa. I don't know. I don't know why. But really, we get really frustrated and we get stuck in the mire and the muck in this realm. But we carry another realm within us. Regardless of what the news is saying, you know what? It's the news's job. We need to stop thinking that what is real and what is reality. I know you guys know this. But we tend to live in it. It's like I had a conversation with my mother-in-law last night via text, and you know she's got like really exciting things going on, and it's it's, and I feel this way too, and probably a lot of us feel this way. It's just so overwhelming. It's hard to feel joy sometimes when you're like seeing the constant bombardment of these images and of bad news. And I'm not saying turn the news off, but I want you to know, it's their job to tell you the bad news. It's literally what they do. It's their whole thing. And their whole agenda is to keep bad news in front of you 
because it sells and it keeps people hooked. I don't know why, but we as a people tend to gravitate towards bad news. But it's actually not a full picture of what's happening on the earth. Did you know? I mean, I know you know, but let's, let's just grab hold of this today. What is happening on the news is a small fraction of what is happening on the earth. And there is far more good happening on the earth right now. There is far more radical good that is happening on the earth than the negativity that we feed on in our media. And that is just a truth. And so we have to stop letting the natural realm affect fully our real realm, which is the supernatural. It's just a glimpse of what is taking place. And when those things are happening, we actually are the ones. Now, I can't fix what's happening in Israel naturally. There's no way I can fix that naturally. I've got to lean into the supernatural to partner with what God is doing. That's the only way. There's some natural solutions, though, for right here at home that supernaturally God will drop into your spirit when there's problems that are arising. There are solutionaries in the room right now. We are called to bring solutions to the natural realm. And we just have to lean into it and remember who we are. We need to focus on the truth that the goodness of God prevails in every circumstance. Okay, I'm just dropping truth bombs right now. The goodness of God prevails in every circumstance, and there is a far more real realm than what we see, and it is advancing, and it is expanding. I'm going to say it again. The kingdom of God is advancing. You're not going to see it on the news. You might see it in tiny little pockets of news. And you know what? Those stories that they post, those human interest stories, those stories of good, are the ones that people make viral. They repost all of those things over and over again. Why? Because that's actually what people's hearts are longing for, and that's actually what we were made to feast on. But there is far more good happening than what we see. And there is far more with us that are, than that are against us. And I'm talking about in the supernatural realm. When you feel like you are being pressed in spiritually, I just want to declare to you, this is a Kim Clement, it's a scripture, but he constantly said, there are far more with us than are against us. You can wrap it. There are far more with us than are against us. And just declare it. There is far more with you than are against you. When you feel like everyone is against you or spiritual forces are coming at you, remember, there is angelic host. There are the, the synergy of the generations, the cloud of witnesses. There is a company of people that are with you and not against you. These are truths. So these are the things that are foundational for who we are. We carry solutions for change, freedom, answers that the earth is looking for. They're inside of us. And we, again, we partner with the prayer that Jesus prayed in Matthew 6, 9 and 10, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And we then, this, I'm just declaring this as who we are. We, because of that reality, Partner with the king. Partner with our daddy in natural and supernatural ways to see his kingdom come until he returns. Until he returns. And as believers, we believe that we are in full-time ministry. So if you don't believe that, I want you to say to, my, to yourself today, just repeat this after me. I am in full-time ministry. Okay, say it again. I am in full-time ministry. Good job. That was terrible. It was like... <laughs> You're in full-time ministry. 
And you know what? Most of you in the room are going to have far more effect than I ever will as an employed member of the church. And I'll tell you some stories about that in a minute. But in every sphere of society, in every aspect of your life, you are in full-time ministry. You are in full-time ministry at home. You are in full-time ministry at the grocery store. You are in full-time ministry at the job, the football game, the movie theater, whatever you're doing, you are in full-time ministry. You might be tired, you might be old, you might be poor, you might be sick. I don't care. You're in full-time ministry. There's no excuses. Because if we actually believe what we believe, then being old, being tired, being sick, being poor doesn't matter. Because that's just a natural realm. And there is another realm that supersedes. Do you guys even believe what I'm saying? Because this is the truth. You could be too young, too uneducated, too female. Whatever the disability. Yeah. Per the world's view, that is a natural realm. And we are in a supernatural realm. And our work and efforts, both inside and outside of the church, are sacred and they're valuable and they're acts of worship to God. The things that make you come alive can actually be worship to God. If you do it in partnership with him, you can do it totally devoid of him, and it's not, right? But worship isn't a set of music and four songs, hopefully too fast, vertical, praise, one a little bit more introspective about how God feels about us, and then another good, you know, vertical song at the end to wrap it all up. That's not worship. Worship is your heart posture before the Lord. So literally, anything that you do, if you do it for the Lord, can be an act of worship. 1 Peter 2.9, it says, You are God's chosen treasure, priest, who are called kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. And he did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. He called you out of darkness, filled you with himself, set you apart, and he claims you as his very own so that you would broadcast to the world who he is through your life. That's part of your mission if you choose to accept it today, this is part of your mission, to be a broadcaster of the glorious wonders of God. Romans 12.1, I don't think I gave this to the team. I love this one. I beseech you, brethren, in view of the mercies of God, that you would present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy, separated, I can't remember it. Tell me, Diane. Acceptable. I love that. I love it when he says, I beseech you, brethren. I beg you, understand who you are. In view of the mercy of God, give yourself fully, surrendered, lay your life down. Matthew 5, 13 through 16, this is where Jesus says, you know, you are salt, you're the salt of the earth. Your lives are like salt among people. And then he goes further down. Um, keep going a little bit, Bella. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Okay, pause right there. 
Your lives were meant to light up the world. Your life was meant to light up the world. So why would you hide it in an obscure place? Let's just say in a church building. This is the only spot that my light shines. It's beautiful when it's in here. But this is not the only place it's been meant to shine. So it's not saying that it doesn't shine. It's just hidden. So then, instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So it goes to work. So it goes into the city. So it becomes the team mom or the team dad. So the light goes and it volunteers at the hospital. This light goes and wherever it goes, it displays the light of God that was meant to be seen. The wondrous, the glorious goodness of God. Okay. Don't hide your light. Colossians 3, 23. Put your heart and soul into every activity that you do. I think that's the Passion Translation. And this is the New King James. And whatever you do, you guys know this one, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you're doing it for the Lord himself and not just for others. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. Everything that you do, you can do it as unto the Lord. Daniel 6.3. Then Daniel distinguished himself among the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Because an excellent spirit was in him. Where did that excellent spirit come from? The spirit of the living God. He was called out in captivity when it was all pressing in, and he distinguished himself because an excellent spirit was in him. And because of this, the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. I'm just pulling that one little scripture out. But this is, the whole book of Daniel talks about Daniel doing this kind of stuff, serving excellently in the midst of Babylon for an evil king. Because he carried a different culture, and he was from a different kingdom. And that kingdom superseded captivity, oppression, an evil atmosphere, a chaotic system. And he sought to bring the kingdom that he knew. Now, he didn't come in to overthrow the government. He just came in to bring a different culture. He's like, if I'm going to be here... I'm going to do it awesome. And that's what we're called to do. You guys have so many different walks of life, medical, technical, hard labor, design, creativity. Like, There's just so many different walks of life in this room. And if we're going to do those things, let's just do it awesome and bring the kingdom realm. And bring the light that we carry. You know, you can feel used up, unappreciated, not seen, taken for granted, all the things that we feel in jobs, right? And we can focus on that and we can hate our day. And we can just go in, clock in, do the thing, do the thing get home, take the money, live our life, the rat race, the thing that we all actually hate. Or we can do the thing that we were called to do in partnership with that. And did you know that the more you bring the kingdom of God with you, the more atmospheres change? It just happens. There's going to be maybe pushback but it doesn't matter. You remain steady. Just like Daniel, if you go and you read the book of Daniel, and I think that we all should because it's super relevant, 
But he got so much pushback, it didn't change who he was. Even in the face of death, it didn't change who he was. He's like, I know who I am. I'm carrying this spirit, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release this no matter what. But we need to understand that culture will be changed as people come into that kingdom realm. They're affected by it. And wouldn't it be incredible if people came to salvation and took their place in God's purpose for them and the world? It's not going to come by a hostile takeover, friends. I think a lot of this, you know, moving into the spheres conversation has turned into, I was talking to Kim and Holly about this on a couple weekends ago. There's this whole kingdom, like, domination kind of theology out there. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about dominion theology, where we go in and try to do every sphere better than the world. I'm not talking about that. I actually don't believe that we are called to just take the kingdom into the spheres of the world and make them better. And we're not called to take them over and dominate them like we have this, um, you know, like you must conform to me. Because everybody gets free will. The kingdom of God actually is about freedom and choice and everybody gets to be powerful. We're not trying to make everyone a clone of us. What we are trying to do is release the kingdom of God and let the kingdom, if we would have continued in um, that whole thing about salt and light, there's leaven too. And leaven comes in, which is the kingdom. Jesus talks about this, that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. And it's like, it gets into leaven or yeast and if you're making bread, it's the thing that makes the bread rise and fluffy and delicious and wonderful. And without it, you can still have bread. But it's a little dense. But the kingdom is meant to come in and breathe life and bring change. But we're not worried about conform, conform or behavior modification. So we'll know the kingdom is here if everyone votes like me, thinks like me, behaves like me, sexual preferences like mine. Like that is not evidence of the kingdom of God advancing only. Those things will change only as people come into the kingdom themselves. But we can change atmospheres. Am I making sense? Okay. It's like Babylon tumbled on itself because of these, I'm just going to stop with that conversation actually. Okay. Because it's not the point. Okay. The kingdom brings impact. So the bulk of my life, as you guys know, I have been employed in a ministry, like a church capacity. So I have worked here at the church, been employed by Jesus Pursuit Church since February 2000, 2000, just plain 2000. No other numbers behind it. That's a long time. 23 years. I'm 46 years old, so that tells you most of my adult life, I have worked in what people would say is full-time ministry. Half of my life, exactly half. I started working when I was 19 years old at a bank. I had a lot of other jobs before that. But my first real kind of career-ish job, I worked in a bank. Most of my life experience, you know, 
has been in the church sphere, if you want to call it, you know, that sphere. But I have a little tiny bit of, like, business impact outside of these four walls, in addition to, like, what Justin and I do together with his business. So I get jealous, if I'm being honest with you, about the ability to go and impact the world in a different way. But, because it's so fun. So when I was 19, I started working at this bank, and it was called Washington Federal Savings. And um, I worked in the mortgage department. None of this is important. Um, But I wasn't in the branch down below. I was in the up above brokerage department, and we underwrote all the loans for all the branches in the region. And we also underwrote loans like from mortgage brokers outside, so like movement mortgage or capital mortgage or, you know, those people that just do home loans. And it was in the early 2000s or, you know, late 90s, early 2000s that um, this was going on. And the mortgage industry was bonkers, like bonkers. It was the first time in a long time that mortgage interest rates had come down below like 10%. So people were refinancing their houses left and right. So I was hired in the midst of craziness um, as a 19-year-old girl in college to answer the phones. And um, I had little to no experience. You know, I worked in a sandwich shop. I worked at uh, Maurice's retail experience. But I had no, like, business experience. So I was at the very bottom of the food chain. And I went in there, and at the same time this is happening, our church was experiencing renewal. I had just been knocked over with the fire of God, was totally on fire for Jesus, like revival all the time. So these two things are happening. And um, I'm in this bank, and I'm the grunt there. And I just was like, I'm going to bring the kingdom into this space. Everybody here is stressed out. Everybody here is frantic. It was like high stakes, you know. And um, there was files. I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. It was like, if this was the table, we would just have a row of folding tables, and the files would be stacked this high, and it would be just a row of, of files to close and to process and to do all these things. And so people were just freaking out. They were understaffed. And so I'm like, I need to... I'm going to bring an alternative culture at 19 years old. So no education, really. Just, just a grunt, just a nobody. But I'm packing the Holy Ghost. And, you know, at first you're just like, what can I do? If anything needed to be done, I was like, that's me. I'll do it. You need a toilet cleaned? I'll do it. You need copies made? I'll do it. And I just started looking for different ways to serve this group of women because it was all women. There was one guy, he was the president, he locked himself in his office. And then there was like 25 women that were frantic all the time. Sounds like a great environment, right? Um, so, anywho, we, I just was like, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? And as I'm answering the phones, I would read all of our loan programs, and I'm like, I'm going to memorize this so that they don't have to take these calls. I'm going to start taking these calls to take a load off of them. I'm going to learn everything I can. So they started noticing I was doing that. Then I would say, hey, I have a little extra time. Let me take your file and organize it for you so that it's easier for you to flip through. I mean, this is just easy, boring, practical stuff. But it shaved a lot of time off of their day and gave them more opportunity to do more things. I would invite different people to to lunch. And it would just be in our break room. For some reason, they served us lunch every day. It was great. It was like a closet full of Campbell's soup, and we just ate soup every day. So I would invite different people to sit with me at lunch, and I would be like, you need to take a lunch break. Take a lunch break with me. 
and I would just ask them questions about their life. And every single time, you know, it wasn't like, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to give you the four gospels, you know, the four, you know what I'm trying to say, Roman roads, all of that stuff. I am just doing life with you. I care about you. Trying to make their lives easier. And, um, but then there would be times that someone would come in sick, and I would say, okay, I'm going to pray for you. Because I just was full of the Holy Ghost. You guys can probably relate to this. This has probably happened. This is probably your story. Well, one night, um, I got a call around midnight from an, a, a coworker. I wouldn't say we were great friends, but she was someone that I had, um, you know, cared about and shown up in, at least at lunch. And um, she was an underwriter there. And she called, and she was having a medical emergency, and she asked if I would come pick her up and take her to the hospital. And I'm thinking, you have a husband, you have a mother, and there was all these, she just said, can you come get me? And I said, of course, I will. So I went and got her, stayed with her while the situation was happening, got her prescriptions with her, got her tucked into bed. Um, And then when I was leaving, I said, why did you call me out of everybody, like, I'm happy to do it, but what made you think to call me? And she just said, you know why. And I was like, no, I really, I want to know why. And she was like, because I just, I'm freaking out. It was a really hard situation that she was experiencing. And she said, I knew I was freaking out, and I knew that you would keep me calm, and you would carry peace. And so it was like, okay, this this is actually happening. This is actually having impact. Um... I'm not saying any of this to be like, oh, you're great. Because literally, I was like a 19-year-old girl. I left there when I was 23 years old. I wasn't there very long. But serving excellently, I moved from receptionist to processor to funder to they had heard me learning all about these different programs, loan programs, to, they said, we actually want to create a position for you that you drive around to all the different mortgage companies and you teach them about our loan programs and it will actually help us so much and it will, you have been like growing our business and we want to send, so they like gave me a new position, a new pay, you know, like go do this thing. They'd never had a marketing person before. And they just created this thing because of serving excellently, because of bringing the kingdom. It benefited me, but it really benefited the company. And guess what? It changed the atmosphere of our floor. And when people would freak out, sometimes I would just take them into the break room. Like, hey, let's get a Dr. Pepper. Let's just sit down for a second. And the people loved it. They didn't care if I took someone into the break room. I wasn't praying for them. I was just releasing the kingdom, releasing hope. This is actually a really simple thing to do. The keys of the kingdom are not like crazy. You can change the atmosphere simply by being love, by bringing hope to someone, by encouraging By saying, I see you're overwhelmed. Let me take something off your plate. I see this as not work. Can I help you come up with a solution? There's ways to frame things that are not condescending. There's ways to insert yourself that are not intimidating. Now, guess what? If you've made a mess in your workplace, you're going to have to work a little bit to clean it up. You're going to have to act in an opposite spirit. Because I know what? I know we're human. I know we don't always remember to be Jesus at all times. But I want to encourage you, if you have made a mess in your workplace, make it your aim, 2024, all of 2024, to clean up your mess and bring the kingdom and to change the atmosphere of your workplace and to bring life and hope and productivity, and peace, and all of the things that you should do. And you know what? When I left there to come work here, I 
was so excited about it because when you're young, and, and I'm where I'm supposed to be, so I'm not begrudging it, but I thought I finally am going to get to do ministry. That's what I thought at 23 years old. I'm finally going to get to be able to just like focus fully on ministry. And I am. But I was doing so much ministry and discounted it every day. And I want to say to you, you might be doing so much ministry every day and discounting it and looking at something else and feeling like, I think I'm called to that. And you're actually called to affect change and bring the kingdom and be salt and light and leaven in your workplace. And this is actually how the world changes, is one workplace at a time, one home at a time. I don't have that sphere anymore. So I'm like, I'm on borrowed time now because my kids are growing up, but like I have invested, you guys know I talk volleyball all the time. I have invested myself so completely in that community, I don't know what I'll do when my daughter graduates this year. I don't know how, I don't know how to stay in that and not be a weirdo. Like, no, I don't have any kids here, but can I still be team mom? Like, <laughs> but that's like, those are my people now. How can I help you? I'm like, to the coach, do you need help with anything? We don't see eye to eye on anything. How can I serve you? Sometimes I feel like my kid is getting a really raw deal. But I'm still like, I know that I'm placed here to bring hope, to bring life, to bring the kingdom of God. So what do I do to serve excellently in this season and in this space? What do you have in your hands right now? What are you a part of? What community are you a part of? If you're not in one, find one. Because you were not meant to sit on the sidelines. You are not meant to ride the bench. You are meant to be in the game and active in whatever way you can with whatever talents are in your hand. Like Daniel, he had an excellent spirit. I just want to say you have an excellent spirit. And you were meant to not hide in obscurity, but to shine. It was awesome that I was experiencing revival in a big way in my church. But what was even awesomer was that revival was leaking out in my workplace. And you know, I just, I just wasn't, I don't know, whatever enough to recognize the season that I was in and even probably go for it even harder. But I'm thankful for that time and like I said, I have taken that same thing into volleyball. And when Dree graduates this year, I got to find a new tribe. Because we are meant to flow out. We are not meant to be a stagnant pond. We are meant to be a river that flows. And if you are discouraged today about your job, about your place of work and all the broken cultures and atmospheres and all of those things, I want to say you are where you are for a reason. You are meant to shine. You are meant to bring the kingdom of God and to bring solutions and to bring peace and to bring hope to people. I'm going to show you guys a video here in a minute, and it's just more encouragement of the same, but we have been called to be carriers of his kingdom to partner with Holy Spirit, to disciple nations. How will we disciple nations? One person at a time. One community at a time. One sphere at a time. Wherever we go and do life. We focus on the good that God is doing in the world, and we live with cont contagious hope and joy. That's just who we're called to be. We recognize that Jesus has already won and so we operate out of a place of victory over darkness. And we recognize that God's spirit is everywhere, 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 even in the darkest places. I'm telling you what, doesn't matter 
where you work. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. I have a story. I'm not going to tell it. But I followed someone into a pretty dark space last winter because they invited me. And I wrestled with my religious spirit whether to go or not to go. But I went. And I made it my aim not to be the weirdo in the room that was preaching the gospel with words, but to be carrying a different spirit, to bring hope, to bring life, to remind them that they are loved, that they have a call on their life too, and that standing next to me will always remind them of that. Because I know who I am, and I know who they are. So I want to tell you, even if you're invited into a dark space, you can bring the kingdom of God, whether you preach, whether you pray for anyone, your very being, you carry an open heaven. It's who you are. And when you discover your gifts, excel in them. Do them to the best of your ability, to the glory of God, as unto the Lord. Everything we do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And um, in Titus, Paul challenges him as a father, and he says, um, do you have that one, Bella? Awesome. Above all, set yourself apart as a model of a life nobly lived. With dignity, demonstrate integrity in all that you teach. And I would say, in all that you teach, with your actions, with your words, with your life. Set yourself apart as a model of a life nobly lived. That's, don't you want that to be on your tombstone? A life nobly lived, demonstrating integrity, releasing the kingdom everywhere she goes. Okay. And guess what? You might be a passer through, like I was a passer through at that bank. Don't hold back. You might be temporarily somewhere. Plant seeds for trees you may never sit under the shade of. Create a culture for someone else to come in and be a part of, whether you get to reap the harvest or not. Release who you are. Don't hold back, even if you're just walking through for a minute. Wherever you go, drop glory bombs. Thanks for listening to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon. If you would like to be a part of seeing people encounter God, experience transformation, and be equipped to advance the kingdom, you have the opportunity to partner with us through giving at jesuspursuit.org forward slash give. Together, we can make Jesus famous in Albany, the Northwest, and the nations. We hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time.